In a time when the workplace has shifted from open plan floors that hold dozens of employees to solo workers at dining tables and makeshift home studies, what does the future of the office look like? Some have been quick to announce its demise, but we at Monocle think that's jumping the gun a bit. Businesses need a well-designed base as a hub for ideas, efficient workflow, and of course, sociability. On this episode of The Chiefs, I'm speaking to Andrew Kogan, the CEO of office design firm Knoll, to hone in on a topic that's consumed the Zoom-fatigued zeitgeist in recent months, the way we work. As a firm, Knoll was a pioneer in bringing the comforts and interiors of home into the places we work and has always strived to challenge the corporate office look. Today, as companies begin to phase employees back into the workplace, what will the modern office look like? From putting post-quarantine health and safety procedures in place to thinking about workplace culture, ergonomics, and sustainability, Andrew Kogan and I discuss the fundamentals of designing the future office. This is The Chiefs on Monocle 24. I'm Tyler Brule. Andrew, I wanted to start maybe with um, a little bit of of the obvious question, certainly for your sector, and certainly perhaps in line with the times that we're emerging from right now, which has been the workplace, uh, a a big portion of, of of course, Noel's bread and butter, uh, thinking about uh, the office space, imagining the workspace, no matter what it might be. We've heard this narrative, and we've talked to a number of CEOs about of course, what the future is going to look like and how many people are going to be sitting on a sofa somewhere else, uh, how many people are going to be returning um, to a a traditional office as we know it. And I guess from your point of view, you're a global leader in in this space. Uh, In many ways, you help define uh, almost what we have in our imagination, what a modern workspace looks like. Is there a house view? Uh, does Noel have a view right now as to where they see things going? Because I can imagine that there's a lot of other CEOs who are turning to you to say, look at your your leaders in this space. Where do you see the sector moving? Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. And I think also we're we're living it ourselves with our own people and our, our own associates as, as we start to come back to work. And actually, through this pandemic, we've been able to largely keep our our manufacturing operations open in most locations, certainly in North America. And so we've learned a lot from those practices about what you need to do to keep people safe. So I, I, I think the first thing is the workplace is, is not going away. I think two, three weeks ago, I, everything I opened in the newspaper was the, was the, was the death of the office. And, and I, I think the reality is that the, the mixture, mixture of community, connectivity, creativity, and culture you get in the workplace is, is simply irreplaceable. And when you look at, you know, I think we all pivoted to home really effectively in, in, in all sorts of industries. But I think the bloom is starting to come off that rose to some extent. And that the social capital, the relationship capital we've all built up over the years, it kind of dissipates the longer you're, you're remote. And particularly for younger employees and Gen Zs and millennials who don't have that, that, that depth of, of, of capital, it's a real challenge when you don't have the relationships, the mentorships. So we, we, we think there, we're hearing from our own people, we're hearing from our clients, they want to go back to work. And one of the first things we've been doing is spending a lot of time with our clients on how do they retrofit the spaces they have. And that's 
you know, the obvious things about, about screens, partitions, about relaying out the spaces they're in so they're safer, they're cleaner. You know, we've seen in our plants that if you wear masks, if you do temperature checks, if you enforce social distancing, you can really go far in keeping, keeping your, your associates and your employees safe. I think the, the next phase then is kind of redesigning the workplace. So we're gonna retrofit, that's gonna allow 20, 30, 40% of, of folks to start to come back over the next few months and everything. And then you'll start to think about redesigning. How, how do you start to change that, that, the design of that facility to kind of maybe more permanently adjust to creating cleaner, safer, healthier work? And, and that involves the building. It involves um, you know, mass transportation to get to the building, um, elevators, all of, those, all of those elements. And I think in that redesign thing, We've been working with the architecture and design community and with our corporate clients to really take a lot of the things we do today and, and kind of re-architect what, what a, an office space would look like. And you know, creating meeting rooms and, and gathering areas where um, you don't have, you're not in an enclosed room where you're breathing each other's air, but you're in these open freestanding architectural structures surrounded by lounge and then individual areas that allow for distance, allow for air, airflow and, and create a much, a much healthier environment. And, and then I think as we move from, from redesign, you know, we, we also start to think about what is the permanent, the new normals, as everyone says. And there I think we do believe, you know, it's kind of a, what we're saying is kind of fidgetal, which is a mixture of physical and digital and, and virtual ways of working. So you may not have 100% of people in the office, certainly until there's a vaccine and a and a more permanent solution here. But you'll have a, a, a series of cohorts or a mixture of folks working both in person and, and, and remotely. And so thinking about how we service those folks working from home and the integration of those folks working from home and working in the workplace. Clearly, as people are working from home, you're seeing issues with social isolation, you're seeing issues with ergonomics, um, and, 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 and you're seeing issues with inequality because, you know, some people, it's fine for me to work from home, but, you know, a lot of people, you know, are in, you know, small apartments. They've got multiple roommates, the level of distraction. Um, I mean, I have children and dogs, but, you know, it's, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a challenge. And so I think that hybrid way of working, working in kind of a multiple settings and seamlessly integrating that is what the future is going to be. And, and that's not just product design, but that's also distribution, that's e-commerce. Um, it's having businesses that can, how do we get null to people at home? How do we work with um, our clients to extend our work from home products to, to their employees and associates? So it's a, a really broad uh, range of issues that we're trying to attack here. It's so often you enter a business as an employee, you enter a business as a client, and there is a tone which is set the second that you walk into a company's lobby. It is the journey down the hallway. Um, you, you pass, of course, a, a series of people working open plan within offices. You're shown into a conference room. But within that journey, there is, hopefully, um, there's a real understanding of, of culture. You see a series of design codes as, as part of that. Is Noel able to also push that notion of culture, uh, even let's say you're given a thousand to spend, you know, or hopefully a little bit more, <laughs> I'm sure you'd like that as a CEO, um, on, on a workspace at home. Do you think you're able to somehow create those codes as well so someone feels that they are 
I guess, you know, part of something bigger. They understand what the design cues of the business are. So then when they end up at one day in, in, their, in their company's office in Milan, or they go and visit a branch office in Sydney, they see that there is this continuity of a design language. I, I think you know. I think that that's absolutely right, and that's really at the core of our null work from home strategy. I, I think there are two things. First of all, you can send a message when you tell your people to work from home. We're doing it as a cost savings. We want to reduce real estate. You know, you can you can work in, in a lower cost location. You don't have to be in Milan. You know, you you can be in a in a in a less expen in a less expensive location, and and then. You know that's a cost a cost cutting move, and and that sends I think a strong message about what kind of you know organization you are. You you may want to pay people less for um, you know working in a remote location, as opposed to in, in New York or, or or L.A. or Chicago or something like that. So um, and then you're saying and work at home on your dining table. I mean I've been working on a beautiful Richard Schultz pedal table, and I've been sitting in a Saarinen tulip chair. They're not the most ergonomic things. They're beautiful. They're in my living room, so I. I probably prioritize the aesthetics over the ergonomics, but you know, it, it, as a, as a, the great thing we can do with Foley and with Knoll is that they've got these ergonomic products, they've got these height adjustable products, and and companies saying, listen, go here to buy your products says means we care about you, we care about your physical health. We're not just trying to have you work from home on your dime. You're paying the rent. We're not paying the rent. We're not going to pay you more. We we may pay you less. We're not going to provide you with the desk. Or a chair, and, and so companies, and that, I think that sends a message about what kind of organization and how they care about their people, as opposed to an organization that says, "Listen, we're going to partner with a company like Null. We're going to provide you with an allowance. We can even process those allowances for our our corporate partners, and we're going to provide you with furnishings that are, you know, uh, well made, um, in, environmentally responsible, beautiful, functional, and we're going to help provide those, and we're going to take ownership of doing that in your home." And, and, I, and I think, you know, this July, we're going to stand up a, a really significant expansion of our own Knoll work from home e-commerce efforts and bring brands like Mudo, which, which we've had for many years, into people's homes. And, and so being able to take that, those products and that DNA and say, listen, you can provide them in your own workplace to your clients or through Knoll, you can provide those in the home and have a continuity. And again, the, the great advantage for Knoll here and why I think this this, you know, uh, this is such an opportunity for us, is, is that people don't want to associate with brands in their home that, 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 there are, that are commodities or that don't have any meaning. I mean, you don't see, you know, I, I don't know, you take a brand and say, that doesn't really resonate as a home brand. But Knoll, and there, there are a few others, um, are brands that, that have that, live, that, that spectrum of, of living to working and the products move across seamlessly. And, and so I think culturally, you know, this is a, this is a, a good time for Noel. It's really interesting, Andrew. You touched on this notion of ergonomics and ergonomics as not just an issue of design, but an issue of health. And isn't it curious? Because with all of this remote working, so much of the focus has been on mental health, people feeling disconnected, uh, you know, people untethered uh, from home office, untethered from their colleagues, etc. So it's it's been this big mental health focus. But do you think there's also a bigger voice that Noel and, of course, your your partners and competitors can have? 
Uh, but also physical health as well, because you know if you're slouched on a sofa um, and maybe you're propping yourself up with with a pillow, um, and you're doing those for weeks on end or months on end, and especially of course if we see more home working, do you have a message to to push as a business as well that also you know good design equals good ergonomics and and therefore equals you know better health, better physical health for the long run. Well, listen, I, I think from the corporate perspective, you know, you don't, you, you know, ergonomics has been a driving force in, 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 you know, in really creating an environment that's healthy, that's fit. Um, and you want to lower your workers' compensation costs. So, you know, as you push more people to, to work at home, companies have to acknowledge that they're going to own that responsibility. If you're telling me to work from home 20% of the time or, or giving, giving me that option and it makes me less well, you're paying my insurance. At least in, in America, you are. So, so I think it's really important that companies are going to have to start taking a more holistic point of view. And that's why, you know, I go back to our, 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 our Fully brand, which is all about a holistic point of view on health it, it, and, and wellness. And it's about, you know, you, you go to the Fully site, it's diverse. It's about diversity, it's about social, social inclusion is a B Corp. And, and it's about ergonomics and health. It's about height adjustable tables. It's about ergonomic chairs. It's about affordability. Um, you know, I mean, you can, for under $1,000, put a whole home office together and everything. So, you know, I think those are real issues, and I think companies are going to have to... Listen, we all ran to home and, and, and set up really quickly, and the, and the Zooming and, and, and all of that. That technology works well, but we're still physical beings. You know, we still need social, uh, I think, companionship and touch, and, and, and we also need... Uh, tools that, that, that support us. And, and so it was interesting because we thought we'd see this big boom home office initially. And of course, of course we did. And then we was like, it's a bubble. It's going to phase off. Actually, what's happening now is people are working from home longer. You know, you could have sat on that squishy sofa and, and been just fine for like a week or two. But now we're into the, into the second or th- third month here. And that stuff doesn't work. And so actually, I just bought a, a fully chair last week, an ergonomic chair last week online, because I was like, okay, you know what? I, I love my Saturn and Tulip chair, but it's killing my back. And I'm spending, you know, eight or nine hours a day on Zooms. And, you know, uh, I, I'd rather, rather be in something a little more comfortable. So I, I think this is going to become a bigger issue and, and much more than just like a, a, a short-term bubble as we all shifted where we were working. And I think companies are going to have to own, own that responsibility. What's your take on, on the middle ground uh, right now? And, and that middle ground is is the idea of shared space, co-working spaces, et cetera. Of course, you know, even before the pandemic, we we saw one or two high-profile brands uh, around the world go off the boil uh, a little bit. Uh, does does that sort of continue to exist in another world? Or again, once we're over this hump, uh, do we reconcile our relationship with, with you know, co-working, uh, shared social spaces, uh, for our, our brands and uh, and furthering our businesses, or or and I guess I I know we're not in a world of either ors, um, but is there a, re- a rethink that needs to happen there aside from the business model? Well, I, I think one thing that's going to happen is a rethink is the rethink of where companies locate. So you know the idea of these big massive headquarters, I think clearly those will remain. But I think what you'll see is you'll see more, and real estate prices are gonna come down, commercial real estate prices are gonna come down. And that's actually, I think, gonna make it more affordable for clients um, of ours to open up, and we're already seeing this, kind of more satellite locations so that people may not be commuting, you know, an hour and a half, two hours into an office. They may have some more geographically local. Now, whether those are, you know, uh, third-party co-working operated or company-owned satellites, I do think you could see 
more of that open up. And again, I, th- I think that's an opportunity. You know, I, I really believe, and I think you have to do, as, as, you, as, as you were saying, you know, kind of pre-vaccine, post, post-vaccine. But I think once there is a vaccine and, 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 and I think people start getting comfortable again, I, I just don't see the collaborative areas going away. I, I, I still think the trend of making the office softer, more welcoming, allowing more informal gatherings, you know, not like where you're measured six feet apart and you have little lines on the on the rug or something like that. I think that's still gonna be really important and really relevant. And I think that's how a lot of great work and creativity gets done. So I don't think that gets gets blown out. Um, but you may be connecting with colleagues, you know, somewhere else, um, you know, virtually or, or, or digitally. And it'll, you'll need, you know, architecture, interior architecture that supports those kind of screens and, and displays and everything. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's, I, I, again, you know, every time, you know, change has always created demand for null and for our industry. And we've always seen as a new idea, like co-working pops up, everyone, you know, races towards it and says that's the, the panacea. And then you see the challenges of that and you dial it back and you end up with kind of a, 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 a that's a piece of the, of the puzzle. And work from home, I think this has really shown that you can work from home for some part of the time for some roles. And um, I think, again, it's not gonna, now that we're all there, but you'll start dialing that back and it will become a piece of the, of the puzzle. And, and so I can also see the workplace become more an area where it's really about the collaboration, that the individual work may happen at that satellite location. It may happen at your home, but that the office is where you're going to gather and get together for that, for that collaboration. And, that's where the spontaneity can happen. You know, I, I think it's very hard over, over Zoom to have a, a spontaneous, I mean, I miss the spontaneous, most of my day, you know, it, you know back then, you know, there may, maybe half my day's meetings, but a huge part is just walking around the spontaneous interaction with uh, the folks we're working with. And, and I think that's what we're all losing and what we're all missing. And uh, work from home is never gonna allow, at least that I can see, that kind of spontaneity of, of interaction that, that we get in a physical place. So I think the physical place doesn't go away, but it could, could evolve and be more of a mix of the things we, we've, we've talked about here. Do we move back or do we move towards a world where first impressions, given that we are also in a digital world, are more important than ever? And does that also potentially open up opportunities for you also as production methods change, production timelines change, that I might be able to come to you and not just, you know, choose the finish for the leg of a sofa, or I'm only going to be able to choose uh, fabrics. But if I really want to make a mark as a business, am I able to sit down with a design team and maybe also designers of, of some repute at some point and say, look at, we want to, we want to come to know that we want to have our, our own collection. And, and if you want to go sell that two years from now, great. Do you see design and design signature taking even a more important role um, than it has done to date? Yeah, no, I, I do. And I, and I see it in two ways. First, I see it in kind of the, the digital storefront and kind of virtual representation of your brand. That, that is only gonna become more, more and more important. And again, we're seeing that with fully, we're seeing that with Noel, even with a, a more residential brand like Holly Hunt, all our focus right now is standing up the digital storefront basically, um, that will allow the collaborations you're talking about. You know, a third, of, as an example, a third of what we do is customized to our clients. So we'll have our, our designers, we'll have our custom product development version, our sales team, 
and we'll be working with those clients both physically and, and virtually to customize what we have. And frankly, much of the innovation that Noel has driven has come out of those collaborations with clients where out of their need to solve a particular problem, we've developed something that we can share in, in a much broader way. And, and, and I think what we're trying to do now, and we've invested heavily the last few years in kind of visualization technologies that in real time allow people to hop on a, hop on a screen in multiple locations and you know, literally modify product, change layouts, look at floor plans. And so that ability to do that, both kind of virtually and, and physically, and then from a manufacturing standpoint, you know, customize that. And, and our manufacturing is very much set up. Um, it, it's, really, it's really bifurcating two ways. There's kind of the standard offering and increasingly more of that now actually for the digital parts in the work from home business is kind of products that we're stocking. So you place an order and we can ship it out to you three days later. And then at the other extreme, it's the, the collaborative designs and the customized designs that we've set up to make for you in you know, five to seven weeks. And so depending on your level of customization, personalization, and how you wanna get there, we've got a range of manufacturing strategies that we can deploy to satisfy those different needs. And, and, and I think that's worked well, and I think that's gonna become more and more important. Andrew, if you look ahead, and of course uh, we see that you know, many uh, developed economies are, will move into contraction mode, and a lot of projects will be put on hold, others will see opportunities out of this. Are you also, from a business perspective, say, look at, we're going to be putting a little bit more effort on on Asia right now. Um, do, you, do you stick with not probably the core plan that you you had uh, baked last September, uh, but do you you put the same em emphasis on 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 your business in North America? How do you how do you see the world in terms of moving forward, and certainly a world of opportunity moving forward? Yeah, I mean, we you know, Noel, 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 you know, Noel today is probably you know eighty percent North America, twenty percent rest of world, where where Europe is the biggest part of that, probably followed by the Middle East. You know, Asia, you know, we have, uh, sort, we've never sold a ton in Asia. We're starting to do a lot more on the residential side in Asia, and I think that's an opportunity. But frankly, on the workplace side, it's been hard for us to compete, you know, cost-effectively with a lot of the local brands. And, you know, we're one of the smaller players in North America and in Europe, so we have so much opportunity in kind of our home markets that we're really focused there. No doubt we've had to kind of, you know, scale our costs, you know, reprioritize for, for the reality we're, we're facing now. But I think we've, and, and, and listen, and I, I, I had the privilege of leading Noel through, you know, 9-11, through the financial crisis. And each of those times we scaled, we, we, made, we made difficult decisions, but we also continued to invest, stayed cash flow positive, and continued to invest so that we came out of those downturns we were growing faster and performing um, better. And, and, and we're playing, it's, the, it's really in many ways the same playbook now. And I, I think what we're doing is trying to shift our investment and, and, and our product development priorities, our, our e-commerce efforts to areas and markets we think are gonna rebound, rebound faster. And, and again, I think right now, uh, you know, layering into the work from home is, is a huge opportunity for us. We're just scratching the surface of that market and, and Noel, you know, Foley's playing there, but Noel isn't. In a month, Noel will play there in a meaningful way. We're really focused on, on the re-architecting of, um, of the way people work 
Um, I think there's a tremendous opportunity to help our clients there. They're, they're, they're looking to us for, for leadership and help there. You know, I'm quite optimistic about the future. I, I, you know, I think we're going to have more areas to play in, and I think we're going to be able to make more impact. Finally, just before we go, we, we didn't touch a lot on, on sustainability. And, and of course, everyone in every company has to put this in front of mind at the moment. But what's interesting when I think about even the personal relationship I've had with, with some of your products, two nice sofas, two nice Florence Knoll armchairs, and also the, the Ottomans to go with them, a very nice, which I have to say, I had to part company with recently because someone said, I won't buy the house unless I get all the Florence Knoll furniture. So of course, we had to apply enormous yeah. multiple to the, to the transaction. But here's what's amazing. The, these were uh, pieces that I, I purchased uh, back in 1996. Uh, and you know, so you know, you're talking about things that that yeah, had had were living with you for a, a quarter century, um, and they'd been lent out to other people, and par- apartments were too small. And these things are, of course, are still humming. Um, you know, nothing is sagging. They've worn incredibly well. Maybe one one or two had to get reupholstered. Is that also part of your message, though, as well? Because a lot of people want to talk about just the, the practice today of, of course, you know, w- what are they doing in, in, as part of the manufacturing process, the materials they're using, but also just longevity and the quality that comes with paying for it up front the first time. Um, and it is going to be with you for a very, very long time. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think the core of our, of our sustainability has always been about designs that endure. You know, you go back to Mies, you know, uh, you know, I mean, Saren and, Br- I mean, it's, it's, it's always about being, and Florence Knoll, um, about being Breuer, it's about being, about being timeless. And that's the best thing you can do is not create disposable products. Pro- you know, many of our products come with lifetime warranties. I mean, I myself am working with uh, a 1970s Richard Schultz pedal table in beautiful, in beautiful wood. Um, yes, it's chip. Yes, it has, has writing on it. Um, but it's aged and it's got a patina and a history that's phenomenal. So, so that is the the core part of our um, of our sustainability of our sustainability message. But at the same time, we spend a lot of time looking at the materiality. We just announced that that um, we switched our pl- all our plants to uh, renewable energy. Um, you know, biogas. Um, you know, one of the fastest growing areas for us now is bamboo in terms of a rapidly renewable material we can work with. So I, I think the enduring designs is, is what makes an investment in Knoll. I, I, I think timeless and, and especially become family heirlooms. And again, as you're thinking about work from home, those are the kinds of things you want in your home. But at, at, at the same time, we're also looking at the the materials and the manufacturing process and, and the sustainability and environmental impact of of those as well. You have a very optimistic take on the world, uh, and and clearly you're looking forward. And it sounds like generally feeling good about things. Uh, I'm I'm curious here. Is that just been driven by access and 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 proximity to clients? Uh, the conversations that you're having in terms of large scale, mid scale renewal projects uh, that you're working on at the moment. What what gives you uh, the spring in your step? Well, I, I listen, I, I think number one, I, I'm surrounded with an incredible team and we've really assembled an incredible uh, group of leaders across Knoll who, um, who are really quite positive and who have always looked at how do we make the best of the, of the situation we're in. I, I think you can feel really powerless in these moments um, where the forces are, are bigger than any of us. And I think trying to choose where to act and to put your efforts so you're doing something positive that's moving something forward is um, 
is important, and I think that's what our team is doing. I, you know, I, you know, and, and I think the job of of us as leaders is to inspire and to see beyond the the kind of the storm that we're in. That said, I mean, we're we're, we're not, I think, Pollyanna-ish about it, and you know. Uh, you know, the industry, I think the last data I saw declined about a third in, in April. So we know this is going to be a really severe testing of our, of, our, of our business, of our economic model. But, you know, having been through a couple of these tests, maybe nothing like this, I think we have the confidence that if we keep a longer term perspective, if we're, you know, prudent from managing our capital and our, and our cash flow, that we'll come out the other side. And you don't want to just kind of survive to be there, you, you, you know, in, in a kind of a hollow shell of yourself. You want to survive to be a force for good and something bigger than you were. And I, and I think that's what we're trying to do. A very big thanks to Andrew Kogan for joining us for this week's episode of the Chief's edition of The Big Interview. The Big Interview was produced by Paige Reynolds, researched by Charlie Filmer Court, and edited by Holly Fisher. In Zurich, I'm Tyler Brulé. Thanks for listening.